Let's go to uh, outer space as we've got some exciting news regarding the Mars rover. Here is our friend and space expert, Paul Delaney, who joins us on this Thursday. Hey there, Paul. Good afternoon. Hi there, Jeff. Glad to be with you, sir. All right. Perseverance. Uh, let's talk about the uh, rover, the little rover that could, can, and just uh, continues to uh, amaze us all. Perseverance has set a distance record. What is this all about, Paul? Well, it's been on the surface of Mars and Yezero Crater for a full year, and now it's beginning to uh, roll further and further on a daily basis. It mightn't sound much, but it actually drove autonomously 245 meters the other day. Now, that's a record. Uh, the largest distance traveled on any one day by any vehicle on Mars prior to that was about 214 meters. That was Opportunity back, oh, like about seven years or so ago. Because it's fully autonomous, it's got to be very, very careful. It can't sort of radio Earth and say, is that rock okay? Is that rock okay? Is that is that valley okay? It has to be able to make these decisions itself. And so it's a slow process, but we now are actually over the 200 meters per day mark, which means that over five days, it could actually travel, if it needed to, about a kilometer and that's what it's wanting to do. It's heading now for an area called a delta, an area where a river flowed into Yezero Crater billions of years ago, and it wants to sample that environment, again, looking for signs of life. You know, when you're just mentioning, is that rock okay? I was thinking, should we have installed OnStar or something like that for Perseverance, <laughs> where they could, <laughs> could have called and checked? I was going to say, the premiums on the, the courtesy call would be pretty, pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paul. So what does this uh, all mean? Essentially, does this mean, because Perseverance is setting these distance records, that we can collect more data and we can collect it more quickly? In essence, yes, uh, because it can go from one part of the, the crater to another reasonably quickly. It spent almost the first year in a fairly narrow radius of only a couple of kilometers, uh, and it, it's been drilling samples. It's picked up four or five drill samples. It's been monitoring the Ingenuity helicopter, and so on. It, it's not been quiet over the first year, but now they're beginning to wrap up the action on the floor of the crater, and they're wanting to move to what they think will be more sort of mud-based, sedimentary rock-based uh, areas, which could be really prime locations for the signatures of life. And so, you know, we've, we've got all of this action happening, remembering that, you know, the, the, the rover could stop operating, you know, at, at any moment in time. So you're always playing this risk game. Do I spend more time in this area and wait for a while because we're being very thorough? Or do we head over to the other area a little earlier than we thought? Because you never know what might happen. <laughs> so it's, it's this waiting game. It's always this tension about where we should be and how long we should be there. Mm -hmm. Is it safe to say then, Paul, that Perseverance, has it been outperforming expectations? It certainly has been up to expectations. It's hard to measure that. I mean, you know, there are scientific results that it's been picking up all across this crater, and that's been beamed back to Earth, and people are you know, analyzing it, and they're publishing papers and so on and so forth. Do you measure the, the success of Perseverance by the number of papers that are produced in peer-reviewed journals? You know, we haven't found the smoking gun for life on Mars, so everybody sort of is a little bit down in that regard. They were hoping that they would find you know, the absolutely pivotal piece of information that would say, see, there you go, Mars did have life. We haven't found that, uh, but most of us 
didn't really expect us <laughs> to find that in the first year. It's been doing well, I think would be uh, what we can say. And the performance of the vehicle, along with ingenuity, has given everybody confidence that this is a long-term mission. Curiosity, the previous rover, uh, is still operating and it's coming up on its 10th birthday on Mars in August of this year. Everybody now believes with confidence that Perseverance can outlive that timeline, which means we've got two fabulous laboratories roving around the surface of Mars, really giving us great insight into this planet's past history. All right, and also making space news, NASA, they have announced that they are set to start building a rocket, their first ever rocket, Paul, that will be able to launch from another planet. What more can you tell us about this? Well, this this is a, um, a project which has been years in the making. It's a joint mission between NASA and the European Space Agency, and it also involves perseverance. Uh, those rock samples that I was telling you about, they're going to collect 43 of them over the next five years, and then they're going to leave them in a canister on the surface of Mars, waiting for another rover to come by, pick them up, and take it to this rocket. So it's a sample return mission uh, that will require Perseverance to collect all of the samples, us to send a pickup rover to the surface, pick up the canister, deliver it to the rocket that will take it from the surface of Mars to Mars orbit, where another vehicle will come by, snag it, and bring it back to Earth. It's a multi-year process between the two space agencies, but the net effect is that we should actually have Mars rocks in Earth-based laboratories in the early 2030s. Mm. And that's obviously next level. This is next level stuff, right? Because it's one thing that Perseverance roaming around there right now, and we're looking at video and it's, uh, you know, capturing certain uh, data points, but it's something else to actually have, you know, rocks in the surface of the Mars back here on Earth and be able to examine them firsthand. It could be a game changer. I mean, you can imagine the amount of equipment that we have in laboratories that you just can't send to another planet. It's far too heavy. Uh, and so to be able to bring those rock samples back to our laboratories here, that will, we expect, give us the definitive answer of whether or not life did or does exist on Mars. As good as the rovers are on Mars at the moment, we really do believe that the answer will come from an Earth laboratory investigation of these rock samples. And key to that is getting off the surface of Mars. And that's what Lockheed Martin is planning to do. They were the successful contractor. They're building the first vehicle that will launch from a planet. Uh, and you know, we've, we've brought vehicles back from the moon before, sample return missions, but it's a whole other game to be able to get a rocket off the surface of Mars. That, that has never been attempted. And we should see that, we're hoping, in the next six or seven years. You know, I feel like I say this every time we speak, Paul, but it's mind-boggling. It's just, it's really that. It's just mind-boggling what's uh, been going on. It's, it's fabulous stuff, and it's it's something that we can all really enjoy. And that's, that's perhaps the, the best part of it. It's science, but it's science that the people can really get into. All right, Paul, really appreciate it. As always, thanks so much for this. Okay, take care, Jeff. Bye. You too. Space expert Paul Delaney with us, and we're back after a break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.